welcome to Bangalore Revival Center. Thank you for downloading our podcast for the week. We pray that the word that we are bringing to you this morning will be a personal blessing and edification in every area of your life. Today we are beginning a new series called Emmanuel. And in this series our focus is to help you host the presence of God like never before. So stay tuned and stay tight and attentive as the word comes to us this morning. Are you ready to go into the word? Yes. You know, in this uh, last year, what are the uh, series that we learned last year? We we were in radical giving at the beginning of the year. Then we went into more than conquerors. That was a season that we were stud- we were studying of the book of Romans, uh, chapter 8, verse 31 to 39, uh, that was uh, through the lockdown season. And then immediately after that, we started the series on studying the names of God. Amen. And uh, I believe that, you know, it has been a blessing for me. Everything that I have taught you guys, if it has not been a blessing for me, I will not teach you. Yeah, and, uh, and the next series that we are going into, it is also something which is very close to my heart. And I pray and I hope that we will catch the essence, the spirit behind it. It'll be a little bit of uh, fundamentals because this is the year for us to be rooted, right? Uh, which means we're going to revisit the basics. We're going to go back to where we started, what our life is all about. Amen. Uh, so we're going to go back into the fundamentals, uh, more or less throughout the entire year. And we will try to connect with what the Lord is speaking. So this morning, um, let me just introduce the series for you. I've called this series uh, the Emmanuel series. The reason I call it the Emmanuel series is because Emmanuel means God is with us. And the series is around the topic of hosting God's presence in our lives. You know, we, if there is one thing that we need and that we cannot do without, it is God's presence. You can do without money. You can do without health. You can do without friends, people, relationships, everything else. But you cannot do without God's presence in your life. It is the presence of God that breathes life into us. Amen. So let's begin with the book of Isaiah, chapter 7 and verse 10. This is a prophecy. This is being spoken to a man called Ahaz. Ahaz is the son of Uzziah. You know, all of these guys, they are descendants of King David. You know King David, right? So after the time of King David, the Bible says that the nation got split into two. There was 10 tribes that went and served a lineage that was not connected to David. And two tribes, they remained faithful to David. And the two tribes, even though they were just two in number, they became a major kingdom. They were known as the kingdom of Judah. And Uzziah was the father of Ahaz, and he had a very terrible end to his life. And after that, King Ahaz and the prophet Isaiah, he is giving a word to King Ahaz, and this is what the prophecy was. Later, the Lord sent this message to King Ahaz and said, Ask the Lord your God for a sign of 
confirmation. This is the prophet who is giving you an instruction. The prophet is telling you, you need to do this. At that time, see, what happens with so many of us is we, we try to evaluate and judge, is this possible? Is this doable? How much can I commit to this? How much can I give? How much I cannot give? And here is God telling you, commanding you, instructing you to do something. And in this, in this case, he's telling Ahaz to ask for a confirmation. God is saying this. God is desiring for us to have a revelation, a confirmation, an assurance of His presence in our life. You know, wherever you are in, in your seasons of journeying with God and understanding God, I want you to know that this season, God wants to affirm, He wants to confirm, and He wants to assure you of His promises. He wants to assure you of His presence. He wants to assure you that He is for you. He wants to assure you. He, and, and, and see, this is the thing. We all know it in, in our head that God is for us. But in this season, what God is saying is, I want to give you a, a sign or a confirmation and a, and a physical, a tangible revelation of my presence in your life. See, the reason I'm trying to teach you about this is because in the days ahead, we are going to see unusual signs. We're going to see unusual revelations. We're going to see unusual physical breakthroughs and, and, and manifestations and those will, see, it's not God saying, I just began loving you. No, I've, I have always loved you. That's what the Bible says. I have loved you with an everlasting love. But in this season, I am going to affirm and confirm and assure you that I am with you. All my promises for your life. Amen. I'm going to prove it to you, says the Lord in this season. You know, the next verse, it goes on to say, uh, God is telling Ahaz, make it as difficult as you want, as high as the heaven or as deep as the place of the dead. God is saying, you, 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 gotta, you gotta be serious about this confirmation that you want. And God is saying, it doesn't matter if it is difficult. It, it doesn't matter if it is challenging. Because God says, I can still make it happen. I can still do it. There is nothing in your life and in my life that is too hard for God. Do you believe that? See, if we believe that, then we have to begin to expect that from God. Nothing, absolutely nothing. There is no challenge in our life that is too big for God. That is too... too too difficult for God to intervene, too difficult for God to touch, and too difficult for God to move in your life. You know, God is not challenged by our difficult circumstances. You know, your, your resources may be, your resources may not be enough. Your, the people around you, that may not be enough, but God is not challenged by it. Amen. What God says is, hey, make it as difficult as you want. Make it. I know, I, I know that some of you need to take a step of faith in this season. And God is saying, do it, make it as difficult as you want it to be. Let your step of faith be as high uh, or as wide, as long as it has to be. Because God says, I'm not challenged by your circumstances. Your circumstances don't limit me, son. 
your circumstances don't uh, stop me from moving in your life but there is something else that does limit god we'll read on verse 12 the bible says but the king he refused <laughs> what did he say no he said i will not test the lord like that now see this sounds doesn't it sound like a spiritual answer doesn't it sound like this guy is replying to god with a bible verse cuz there is a bible in there is a verse in the bible that says you should not test god but the spiritual intelligence that he has is that hey a prophet came and asked you to test god there was an instruction from god about doing this specifically for you for your life for your home for your family god is take saying take a step of faith ask for something impossible you know if you read another particular story you would see that hezekiah was asked the same thing and hezekiah said the sun should go back not go forward but go back going forward is still easy because you god just has to accelerate time but hezekiah said can the sun go back and god said okay done and god wanted ahas to test him and god wanted ahas to take a step of faith but the bible says ahas this king he refused he he said no i can't do this so the only thing that can probably limit god's work and his movement in your life is your lack of faith is when we are not hungry is when we are not expectant is when we do not see or visualize or pray or ask for it the book of james chapter 4 it says you you have not because you ask not not because god doesn't want to give it to you but because you ask not because you're not intentional in pursuing what god wants to give you then the bible says then isaiah replied he said listen well you royal family of david isn't it enough to exhaust human patience must you exhaust the patience of my god as well he is asking the king now hey I understand you're upset with me. I understand that you irritated with me. But now, do you have to do this to God also? Do you have to exhaust God as well? Do you have to exhaust uh, God's patience? And he and 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 he and he is upset with this king. So in other words, when we uh, when we exercise lack of faith or when there is lack of trust in God, that has the potential to exhaust God's patience. see you should understand god is never ending in his patience in his kindness in his goodness the bible says his his mercy it never ends it's new every morning his love for you is unfailing and yet we can with our lack of faith with our lack of trusting god we can exhaust god's patience I pray and I pray and I pray that none of us in this house will be caught among those people who will exhaust God's patience. When everything else is okay, but we cannot exhaust God's patience. You know, the Bible says it is impossible to please God without faith. It is impossible to move God's heart without faith. It is impossible to receive something from God if we do not have faith. And a lack of faith can even exhaust God's patience. you know if you 
go to the next verse, Isaiah 7 verse 14. That is where we come to the crux of the scripture that we are talking about. He says, all right, the Lord say, says, now, so this is Isaiah now replying to the hesitance of King Ahaz. Now he says, all right then, the Lord himself, because you can't ask for a sign, the Lord himself will give you the sign. The Lord himself will show you something, but you need to look, you need to open your eyes and see it. The Lord himself will give you a revelation because you are not asking for it, because you are not stepping out in faith. The Bible says God will do his part. He will do his part of drawing near to you. He will do his part of speaking to you. He will do his part of revealing his heartbeat for you. And that's why he, he, he starts the next sentence by saying, look, which means you have to look at it. You have to see it. You have to have a, your eyes open to seeing what God is doing. Now, the funny thing is, this is a prophecy about Jesus, right? You all know the story. Yeah, this is a prophecy about Jesus. And this was written hundreds of years before Jesus was born. And yet none of the scholars caught it. Nobody believed it. Nobody understood it. Why? God had already given a sign. This is how you will know, Emmanuel. This is how you will know that God is coming to live with you. And still nobody caught it because they were not looking. You know what is a sad thing, church? Is that God makes bids for your attention on a daily basis. God, God is trying to get your attention regularly. Through little things. You may not see it. You may not understand it. Because you are not looking for it. Or you are not seeking for it. You, if you seek, you will find. If you ask, the, the answer will come. If you knock, the door will be open to you. This morning, may, may, can, can we pray this? Can we pray? Lord, help me not to miss the signs. Help me. Help me not to miss the signs of, of what you want to do in my life. Whenever the Holy Spirit wants to move in my life, I don't want to wait for Sunday morning for the Holy Spirit to move in my life. I don't want to wait for the, for the goosebumps to show up for the Holy Spirit to move in my life. I don't want to wait for a, a, another sermon for God to move in my life. Help me to keep my eyes open to see the signs of God's movement in my life. Because God is always working. My Father, He is always at work. He is not working only on Sunday mornings. I'm not saying Sunday mornings are not important. I'm saying he's not exclusively working on Sunday mornings. He's working in your life on a Monday, on a Tuesday, on a Wednesday, all through the week. He's working on your heart even when you're asleep. And when you see a sign, are you willing to get out of your sleep and listen to his voice? Are you willing to become a little uncomfortable and, and get up and... And just begin to pray when he bids for your attention. You know, sometimes you may, like, you may be like, what should I pray for at three in the night? You don't have to pray sometimes. You just have to be in his presence. He is just wanting to reveal himself to you. The Lord says, look, 
Keep your eyes open this season, church. Keep your spiritual senses open this season. Even if we miss everything else, we cannot miss the signs of God's presence and His power in our life. It goes on to say, you know, look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means that God is with us. Now, this is a sign. This is, this is supposed to be the sign that God is moving in your life, that God is doing something special in your life. It's the fact that, you know, there will be a child. He says there will be a child that will be born and the child will be called Emmanuel, which means God is with us. I'll tell you this. So often we we make uh, the things that we are looking for, the signs that we're looking for, the presence that we want to encounter, we make it very, uh, how do I say this, very menial, low-level things. The best sign or the best confirmation that you and I can ever have in any area of our life from God is God's presence. You don't need anything more than God's presence. See, you have His promises in His Word, right? Yes, no, maybe. What is God's word? It is his written word. He has promised you something in his word. Now, when you have the promises of God's word, and then you have the presence, the assured presence that is promised in God's word, you begin to experience that presence in your life. That is all that you need. That is all that you need. That's all the affirmation you need. You don't need to get a breakthrough in your finances to believe that God loves you. You don't, I mean, I'm not saying God will not give you a breakthrough. He will give you a breakthrough. But you don't need that to believe that he is on your side. All that you and I need this season is knowing that God is with me. When the prophet speaks, he says, hey, here is the sign. You will have God on your side. God will be with you. You will have a child and you will call his name. God is with us. So God's presence with us is the ultimate sign. That is the ultimate affirmation. That is the ultimate confirmation for everything that happens in our life. Everything that we want to know. Everything that we want to understand. You know, the story is in fact fulfilled in the book of Matthew, right? You all know the story. We just finished Christmas season, right? Let's read that. It's Matthew chapter 1 and verse 18. The Bible says, this is how Jesus, the Messiah, was born. His mother Mary, she was, come on loudly, she was to be, to be, to Joseph. Okay, so I know that in this season we have a lot of people who are not like regular in our church. So we have a rule in the house. What is the rule in the house? When we have a scripture on the screen... We all read it together, okay? So let's do it once, once again. One, two, three, go. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Now just in case you forgot this, I told you whenever something is in capital or bold or there is extra emphasis, you speak it out louder, okay? Now let's try it again. One, two, three, go. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. Here was a lady that we get introduced to in the book of Matthew. 
in the first pages of the New Testament, the Bible says she was engaged. That is what qualified her to be the mother of Jesus. She was engaged. She was engaged. She was occupied. She was committed and she was faithful in that engagement. You know, so many of us who want God to use us, you know what we are doing? We are not engaged. We are sitting idle. We are hoping that somehow we will have some revelation somehow or something will change. That's not how things work. You know, if you see the story of how Jesus called his disciples, he didn't call any idle people. Did you know that? What were they doing when Jesus called them out? Some of them were working, some of them were tax collecting, some of whatever they were doing, they were busy being faithful in what they were called to do. That is when Jesus came and said, hey, come on, leave that and follow me and I will make you a better fisherman. I'll help you fish for men, not just for fishes. So if you are not engaged in your current season, if you are not engaged and if you are not faithful with the little things that God has given you right now, then you can't expect God to promote you or take you to the next level. See, the problem with so many of us is that we are, we are in this permanent waiting period. I'm waiting for what? I don't know, but I'm waiting. I'm waiting and I'm waiting and I'm waiting. And we keep waiting like that. The Bible says that Mary was engaged and that's when God spoke. That's when God revealed himself to her. God is looking. He's not looking for an idle generation, but he's looking for a faithful generation who have faithfulness in little things, who are engaged to their current callings, their current relationships, their current assignments, and their current visions. Currently, what are you, what are you engaged with? What are you engaged in? See, God is going to come and do something supernatural. God is going to come and do something extraordinary, out of the normal, something that you're not used to, something that you're not uh, aware of, something out of the ordinary God will do, definitely. But are you being faithful with God, what God has asked you to do right now? Can you imagine Mary being found not engaged to Joseph? She's going around with so many men. That you don't know who she is actually engaged with. There is no faithfulness. She has no clue as to who she is going to get married to. Can you imagine the confusion Gabriel will have? <laughs> Whom should I appear next to? You know? Should I appear to Joseph or Jacob or Daniel or Isaac? Because there's so many guys. I don't know what she is up to. I don't know what she is doing. I hope you understand the allegory. I'm, I'm just trying to explain that our commitment in our current seasons is very vital. Our willingness to be engaged. Sometimes we can, we can overdo our saying, oh, I'm just resting and waiting and doing nothing. No, no, no. When you're waiting, you got to be still working. When you're waiting, you got to be still committed. When you're waiting, you got to be still faithful. When you're waiting, you got to be still engaged has God given you 10 rupees? Can you, can you engage? Can you work with that 10 rupees? Has God given you one hour? Can you work with that one hour? Has God given you skills and talents? You're waiting for some 
multinational company to come and hire you and make you their CEO. Not going to happen. I'm not con- confessing negative over you. I'm saying nobody's going to make you their CEO overnight. See, even for a Joseph to become a prime minister, it didn't happen overnight. He was being faithful in his father's house. He was doing what his father asked him to do when he went to serve his brothers. It is there where he got introduced to the pit. And in the pit, when he was faithful in the pit, is where he got promoted to Potiphar's house. You know, in the pit, he was supposed to die in the pit. You know this, right? These guys wanted to kill him in the pit. But one guy said, hey, let's not do that. There is this, you know, Egyptian traders coming. Let's just sell him off. What good will come out of killing this guy? He was supposed to die in that pit. But because of his faithfulness in that pit, because he didn't scream abuses to these guys who were uh, against him at that time, he got promoted to Potiphar's house. You know, he could have said, man, I'm away from my family. This is, nobody's going to check on me. Nobody's going to, you know, force me to do the right thing. Let me just live my life here. You know, God has abandoned me. God doesn't care about his promises. Now, see, when I say this, this happens in a few minutes. But for Joseph, it was his whole life. You should understand this is decades of obedience and submission because God had shown him a vision that I'm going to bless you I'm going to promote you I'm going to take you to greatness but this was decades of faithfulness to things that he didn't see God doing anything in those areas this is not God who put me in the pit this is not God who is tempting me in Potiphar's house hey why should I be faithful right now why should I what is my what, what is my wage? What is my salary? What do I get out of being faithful to Potiphar? He's not a godly guy. They don't serve God. You know, you know my, my boss, my employers, they, they don't care anything about serving God. Why should I be faithful here? But the Bible says, Mary, she was engaged. So can I say that once again? God is not looking for a idle generation. God is looking for a faithful generation with faithfulness in little things in small things you know, what you're doing right now may not be significant enough in your eyes but in God's eyes God sees what you're doing right now as the stepping stone for your promotion if you if you all that all that you got to do is just you know go to office every morning and just type the same thing, just transcribe, just make that same phone call. Can you do it with a little more heart in it? Can you do it with a little more life in it? Can you do it like, hey, you know, the Bible says work as if you're working for God. You know, and in fact, he's not talking about the employment status that we have right now. If our employers abuse us, we can take it to the HR or we can, we, can go, we can even file a complaint about it, right? But you know what Paul is writing about? Paul is writing about slaves. You know, slaves have no rights of their own. Slaves do not have, in fact, their masters will abuse them. Sometimes their masters wouldn't even give them food. Sometimes their masters would sexually, physically harass them. And the Bible says, Paul told these guys, Why don't you just serve them like you would serve God? Work 
with all your heart like you're working for God. Are you faithful in your current seasons? Are you faithful to your Joseph? Are you faithful to the assignments, to the callings, to the visions that God has already given you? Before the Gabriel can come, before the next revelation, the next breakthrough, the next conference, the next anointing can come, how faithful are you with what God has given you right now? The Bible says in the next verse, but before the marriage, even though she was engaged, she was not yet married. It says, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin. Now this is, this is beautiful because it says that she was engaged and yet she was a virgin. She was engaged, she was committed, she was loyal and yet she had not loved what she was committed to to get into her heart. To, 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 to destroy her identity, to destroy who she was supposed to be. You should understand that God had seen this woman thousands of years back. You know, even before Isaiah prophesied about her, even before, uh, you know, the, 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 you know the, all the prophetic writings about Messiah was written down, God had already seen Mary. And God, was, God had been planning this movement all the way from then. Can you imagine what a tiny compromise from Mary's side would have done to her destiny? Not to God's plans, but to her destiny. And so often we think, oh, wait, you know, I, I'm, I'm committed, I'm engaged. But see, that is, that is the balance that you and I are called to have. A balance where we are supposed to be committed, we are supposed to be engaged, and yet we are not supposed to be defiled by what we are engaged to. We are not supposed to be carried away or swayed away or, or, or enslaved by what we are currently engaged to. The Bible says she was engaged and still she was a virgin and still she kept her heart pure. Still she kept her body pure. Still she kept her mind pure. And that's worse. It says, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, it says she became, come on, you're not reading the scriptures with me. She became, come on loudly. She became, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Say, wait a minute. She was engaged, but she was still a virgin. Now she's a virgin, but still she is pregnant. You should understand, she did not let the world around her impregnate her. It says she was pregnant by the power of the Holy Spirit. She was pregnant for the Holy Spirit's dreams and desires in her life. She was not pregnant. You know, you understand the physical implications is that she gave birth to Jesus. But I'm talking about spiritually in her spirit. She was willing to let God's desires for that time and that season come to pass. She was in her spirit. She was pregnant in her spirit. In her, in her spirit, she had allowed the Holy Spirit to do something that she didn't allow the world to do. So, so my question to you is this. I understand you are engaged in your current season. 
I understand that you have, you have not let your current season defile you or hurt you or take you down. I, I understand that you have not crossed the boundaries with your current, uh, what, whatever you are doing. That is great. That is what God wants you to do. But are you allowing the Holy Spirit to encounter you? Are you allowing the Holy Spirit to do things in your heart, in your life that is going to make you uncomfortable? This morning, the Holy Spirit is planting seeds all over this place. He is planting seeds. But it is up to you. Are you going to abort or are you going to carry this child? Are you going to give up or are you going to say, here I am. Be it unto me according to your word. Are you going to say, oh, this is, this is too hard. I don't know how, 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 how people are going to react to this. I don't know how people are going to look at me. I don't know how, how people are going to receive from me. The, you know, this is not comfortable. There is an accepted way of doing Christian ministry and an accepted way of serving God and an accepted way of doing a career. All of that is okay. But being pregnant? No. Which means I have to birth something new. Let me just, you know, adopt somebody who is already being birthed, no? Let me just serve, just go do whatever is already being done in our church. I'll just serve along with that. Now, Mary, you've been committed to a Joseph. That's a good thing. Praise God for that. But now, God wants to birth something out of you. Now, God wants to start something new in your life. Are you going to allow the Holy Spirit to breathe life, to, to plant his seeds in you. She was a virgin and yet she was pregnant with the Holy Spirit's power. There are things that no man can do, no human being can do, that God can do. When, the, when this power of the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and I've, I'm not yet, I've not yet gotten to the crux of my sermon, I'm uh, you know, in just a few minutes, I want to touch that. He goes on to say, Joseph, to whom she was engaged, she was, he was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So what did he do? He decided to break the engagement. Now, you, you look at this Mary. What does the Bible talk about this Mary? The Mary... She was engaged to, to Joseph. Even though she was engaged to Joseph, she was a virgin. Even though she was a virgin, she still carried something on the inside of her, which was of the Holy Spirit. Amen? So, when she lived her life like this, it's a process, it was not overnight. When she lived like that, when she made changes and when she did things on a consistent basis that is going to that is going to be in obedience to the holy spirit's vision for her life when she lived like that the bible says that there was a righteous man not a bad guy but a righteous, righteous man a good person not somebody who is uh, lustful or uh, adulterous or somebody who ha- who is money minded no a righteous man, a good man, a very kind man. The Bible says this man wanted to disconnect from Mary. See, I can understand if uh, you say, oh, the, he, he, is a, he is a wicked guy. He doesn't understand what I'm... No, no, no. 
The Bible says a nice, godly, God-fearing, righteous man didn't understand what Mary was carrying. Isn't that crazy? So in this season, if you are interested to host God's presence, if you are interested to do things for the Holy Spirit, if you are interested to allow the Holy Spirit's child to be born in you, the Holy Spirit to make you pregnant for God's purposes, then you have to be willing to let go of some people who don't understand that. They may be good people. They may be, that may be a good career. That may be a good uh, uh, opening and opportunity. But some people, they just cannot get along with the presence of God. They can get along with you as long as you're talking nice. They can get along with you as long as you're doing ministry. They can get along with you as long as you're helping people and doing all the right things. But the moment you accelerate, the moment you say, I want God's presence. The presence of God is what is important for me. Not just not just a lot of mental knowledge and information. I want his tangible physical presence to manifest in my life. When you begin to say stuff like that, that becomes a threat to even good people. So just because Joseph left you, it doesn't mean Joseph is bad. He's just not the right guy to help you carry this presence. And it is the grace of God over your life that Joseph leaves you, guys. It is, it is better that Joseph doesn't walk with you in this season than for you to be unequally yoked to a Joseph and then carry that burden and drag each other along and struggle for the rest of your life. So in this season, sometimes good people may want to say goodbye to you. That's okay. Don't worry. Let it go absolutely fine in this season sometimes good people may say oh wait i can't do this i can't take this i this is this is too spiritual for me or this is too this 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 is too uh, difficult for me to understand because this doesn't make sense to me you know you should understand from joseph's point of view he was right come on any men in this place tell me talk to me if, if your fiancé comes to you and says, wait, I am pregnant. Not that I already have. I am pregnant right now. Which means in the last few months of you and I being French and you and I planning to get married, you got pregnant in this season. That doesn't sound believable. Because you know what the Holy Spirit does? Not everybody can understand. Not everybody can, uh, you know, uh, uh, explain it away. How can, you, how can you explain what the Holy Spirit is birthing in your life? Can you, can you write a nice blog post about it and explain to the whole world what he is doing in you? Is there, the Bible says, what he is doing is something that even human language cannot utter and express. That is why we have speaking in tongues. Because the groanings that comes out of our heart, our life, our words, they are things that human mind cannot assimilate and conclude and decide on what this, is, what this truly is. And that is why the Holy Spirit has to kick in and speak in another language. And he's speaking the, the language of God and he's speaking the will of God through your mouth. Because it's something that you yourself cannot understand. You yourself cannot say yes to if you had to say it 
and agree to it. You know, and, and when you do that, friends, it, it, it may look normal for your hearts to be broken. It may look normal for you to be cheated. It may look normal. It, 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 may, be, it may become a regular affair for people to say, no, this is something I don't want to touch. This is something I don't want to be along with. People always distance from someone who desires to host God's presence. People always do that. So, so if, see, in this next four months that we are doing this series, people are not going to be our focus. We are going to talk about people, but people are not going to be our focus. We are not doing this to become a big church because we are doing this to become a God-centered church. We are doing this to come into church every Sunday morning and close our eyes and forget everybody else and let the Holy Spirit come and impregnate us with His purposes and His ways. The same thing goes with your daily walk with God. Not that you, you go and actively pick up fights with anybody around you. That's not what I'm asking you to do. Mary didn't do that. Mary didn't fight a Joseph. Mary just obeyed the Holy Spirit. Mary just lived her life in quietness, in submission to God and to Joseph. And yet, there came a point when Joseph said, this is too hard for me. I don't want this. He wanted to break away. And the Bible says, as he considered this, okay, do you see that he didn't do it immediately? He wanted to, he, he wanted to break away but what, it was, what does the Bible say? Has he considered this? Another translation would use the word as he was thinking about doing this, as he was meditating on doing this. You know, this is, the, this is a sign of a righteous man. He's not hasty with doing things. He's not like, oh my God, this is, this is so bad. And he'll jump and, you know, put up a Facebook post and, you know, and start hurting people and, you know, being arrogant. He, he knew that this is, this is not something I want to do. And yet... He did not jump into doing anything. He stayed. He meditated. He considered. He, he waited to see what is it that God is trying to do with all of this. What is God trying to speak? He took it easy. He let his emotions calm down. You know, the first time you hear a news, that, that's not the uh, time for you to start making decisions, right? That's the time when your emotions are flaring. That's when all, you know, the last few months and years, everything comes into your head at that time. And the Bible says, Joseph did not run to make a decision. He considered, he, he stayed, he waited to make a decision. And in that process of waiting, as Joseph was continuing to wait, as he's still committed to Mary, he's still in a relationship with Mary, as, she, as he continued to wait, the Bible says, the same angel that appeared to Mary that same angel appeared to Joseph in a dream. And he spoke to him saying, Joseph, you are the son of David. And he gave him an instruction. Now, now this, is, this, is, this is very interesting that, that as he was waiting, because he was willing to take things one step at a time, one thing at a time, one day at a time, that God gave him an encounter. That God gave him the same revelation that Mary had had. Now, see, many of us, you may, you may feel out of place saying, wait, 
God seems to speak to that person and this person and God seems to encounter them and him. But look at me. I'm in the middle of all of this and nothing seems to touch me. You know? And then we quickly make a judgment saying, no, all of these guys are wrong. Mary is wrong. Martha is wrong. Elizabeth is wrong. All of these guys are wrong because it's not happening to me. All of you guys are wrong. And Joseph, what he did is he said, okay, wait, let me consider this. Should I get out of here? Should I leave this church now? Is this, is this what, is, is this something, is this church going into a different direction? Is this prayer group, is, is it going to a different place? Is this something that I shouldn't be part of? He started considering it. He didn't do it immediately. He spent time praying about it and talking about it and reading scripture if required to know what God says about it. And the Bible says in that season of him waiting, the same presence of God that came to Mary now came to Joseph. Isn't that amazing? So some of you, you may not be Mary, you may not be the first person to give birth. But some of you, you may be called to partner with somebody else who does give birth. We're all going to have our unique roles in the next move of God that God is going to bring about. For some of you, you may just, God is going to push you to sponsor people that are giving birth. For some of you, God may just push you to cook meals for somebody who is giving birth. For some of you, God is going to ask you to sponsor their donkey ride from Bethlehem. No, to Bethlehem, whatever. For some of you, God may just push you to partner with those who are moved by God's spirit. Do you know that that is as noble as Holy Spirit filled and as Holy Spirit inspired as giving birth to the new movement itself? See, every one of us want to be Mary. How many of us want to be a Joseph? Come on now. See, you should understand it's the same presence of God, the same angel, the same birthing. You know, when the world looks at Jesus, they see Jesus, not not just as the son of Mary, but as also as the son of Joseph. And, you know, it was, he was signing up for something that he was, he knew that, hey, I, I, this was, this is not something that, this is not my original plan. I wanted to be the, the father, but I'm not the father. I wanted to be the one who was completely involved, but I'm not involved. But Joseph said, it doesn't matter. If God spoke to me, I am going to partner with somebody who is already doing this. So this is how you know who you should partner with in this season. Not everybody can be your partner in this season. Not everybody can walk alongside you. Not everybody can pray along with you. Not everybody can go to church with you. Not everybody is supposed to be your best friend. You have to look for those people who have the same revelation, the same encounter, the same understanding, the same presence of God that you have. And those are the people that God has handpicked to be your partner. Those are the people that God has handpicked to carry your burden with you. Those are the people that God has handpicked to to be by your side. For Mary, it was this Joseph. So I'm just laying the foundation for you to carry God's presence, not just in this week, but for this entire season that your mind will be revolutionized. Because see, if Mary would force this Joseph to stay, 
She is going to forfeit this child. She's going to lose this child. She's, she's going to be focused in pleasing Joseph and not the Holy Spirit who gave her the child. But Mary didn't do anything. Mary let the Holy Spirit do the job of making him stay. So when you try to make your Joseph stay, when you try to keep that job with everything, when you try to, you know, try to make things happen, I'm telling you, you will have to try for the rest of your life to keep that job. You will have to try the rest of your life to please that guy. You will have to try the rest of your life to keep that relationship going. But when you let the Holy Spirit do his job, I'm telling you, it is sweet. It is beautiful because the Holy Spirit will do his job. The Holy Spirit knows you need a husband. The Holy Spirit knows you need a job. The Holy Spirit knows how much money you need to carry this child. You know, Mary cannot work, but the Holy Spirit brought a man who would pay her bills while she is carrying this baby. Wow. I, I just hope that some of you are getting the, the heart behind what I'm sharing this morning. That, that some of us, we are going to be carrying the child firsthand. Some of us, we're going to be coming alongside others who are carrying the child firsthand and saying, okay, wait, I don't, I don't have all the experiences and I, you know, when I lay hands, not even a fly gets healed. <laughs> but I've seen God move in your life. You know, can I, can I just be there and just help you as you're praying? Can I just be by your side? Can I just... You know, carry your bags when you're tired after a meeting. Can I, can I just be there to, to help you to give birth to this child? I see that God is the one who is working in you. And can I be by your side? That's the two group of people. You know, partner only with those who have a similar encounter with God like you have had. You know, the angel told him, Joseph... Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife. For the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. So what Joseph had in his head was fear. And this fear has the capacity to kill and to paralyze and to destroy what God was about to birth through them. And that is why God speaks to Joseph and says, Joseph, your fear, your fear, that is what you need to stay out of. Forget about everything else. Forget about what people say. Forget about, That's not our concern. Keep your fears away. You know, most issues that we face in relationships, it's not because of lack of money. It is not because of lack of uh, trust. It is because of fear. Yeah. We fear or we assume or we, we think that this is where it is going to. This is where it is heading to. And because of that fear, we abort relationships. Because of that fear, we give up on some God-ordained, God-planned God relationships. And here God tells him, hey, in everything that you're doing, I understand all your questions, Joseph. God is not even giving him details and understanding. All that God is saying is, do not fear. Because this is the move of the Holy Spirit. So do not let your fear, your inexperience, quench what the Holy Spirit is doing. Next verse it says, and she will have a son. The angel is still speaking to Joseph. And he says, she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. I've reached the crux of my sermon this morning. 
The Bible says this move of God that will be born out of Mary, this is how you will know this is truly from God. That when it is born, you have to glorify Jesus. You have to call him Jesus. You have to name him Jesus because he is going to do the job of saving his people from their sins. So any move of the Holy Spirit in your life, if it is not glorifying God, if it is not exalting the name of Jesus, it is not truly a move of the Holy Spirit. So often we have the move of the Holy Spirit only to make us feel good and make us feel important and make us look nice in front of others. You know, there are several times when I have prayed that God would heal somebody or God would do something. Not because I wanted to see them healed, but because I knew that there are hundred people watching me praying for this guy. I wanted them to believe that I am able to pray and heal the sick. It was not for this guy. I was not least bothered about this guy. I was least bothered about the kingdom of God. I was more bothered about what everybody else will think about me. Now, I'm telling you this. You know, the funny thing is God may even move. God may even heal. God may even bless. I I still remember a meeting where I, I went into this meeting fully messed up. Okay, in my head, I am criticized. I'm rotating. I'm, I'm rolling in self-pity and condemnation. My my home in Mumbai is in this place called Amberna. That's not in Mumbai. That's like outside Mumbai, you know. And I'm going to preach in this meeting in Wadala. Wadala is like the other end of the city, so it's a long distance. You know, the whole way I'm 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 saying, God, this is the, you know, I had I had a very bad weekend. This was a meeting I had committed long time back. And the whole way I'm, I'm, I'm cursing myself, looking down on myself. I'm like, this is not my cup of tea, all of that. I walk into the meeting, I open the Bible and I read one scripture and demons starts manifesting all over the place. And, you know, I mean, that was a crazy meeting. God healed a lot of people, all of that. On the way back, I was like, man, I am somebody. <laughs> The whole duration, the whole duration. You wouldn't believe this. It's almost like an hour and a half of train journey. When I got back home, God reminded me how I was in the polar opposites. In the morning, I was looking down on myself. In the evening, I was like, man, I am so anointed, man. You know, and and God God showed me how it's got nothing to do with me. It It was not even for me. It was not even about me. God was teaching me a lesson that day. That, hey, wait, this is, if what God is doing in your life doesn't glorify Jesus, if it doesn't bring honor to Jesus, if it is not about you giving more credit to what God is doing, what God wants to speak, what God wants to release, I'm telling you, all of our praying and all of our working hard, all of it is meaningless. So this next four months, we are going to pursue the presence of God like never before. But the reason we are doing this is so we can glorify Jesus. The reason we are doing this is because we want the face of Jesus to shine ever more brighter in our church. We want the face of Jesus to to be available for people to see and experience like never before. We want the face of Jesus to be visible to sinners and saints alike. We want the face of Jesus to help and heal and bless Sinners and and sick people and hurting people, everybody. If it doesn't produce 
glorification for Jesus. Every genuine move of the Holy Spirit has to glorify and exalt Jesus. It has to lift up Jesus. He goes on to say this angel, uh, you know, uh, he, he finished the prophecy and then Matthew, he writes his commentary and he says, all of this happened to fulfill the Lord's message through this prophet. Everybody scream the word fulfill. fulfill. Loudly, fulfill. fulfill. So this, this morning, I'm, I'm here to say, if God has said that this season we are going to be rooted, then God will fulfill it. Amen. That we are going, go, if, if God has said that, that, that you are going to receive at the scent of water, you are going to sprout back up again, then so will it be. Amen. At the scent of water, you will sprout back up. You know, the water is the presence of God. You don't, and, and, and the Bible says at the scent of water, you know. If you've been coming here week after week, don't tell me you didn't even catch a little scent. Don't tell me that you didn't, you, forget about you being drenched and overflowing with water. All you need is the scent of water for you to flourish. If God has said this, if God has said that I'm going to make you flourish, then God will fulfill it. And he was quoting Isaiah. He says, it was to fulfill what the Lord spoke through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child and she will give birth to a son. Now I want you all to pray for a quick minute. Can you say, Holy Spirit, let my spirit, may my spirit conceive something special. This morning. Oh yes, I, I am here to I'm here to yield myself to what the prophet has said. I'm here to yield myself to what God has desired for my life in this season. God has said that at the scent of water I will blossom. At the scent of water, I will get back on track. At the scent of water, I will flourish again. If God has said it, Lord, I want to conceive in my spirit. I want my spirit to conceive this morning. I want my spirit to have a divine experience this morning. I want my spirit to experience something supernatural, abnormal, extraordinary this morning. Yes, Holy Spirit, cause my spirit to not be satisfied. For a quick one more minute, one more minute, just continue to pray, continue to pray, continue to pray. I pray that none of us will be spectators this morning. That every one of us will engage with what the Holy Spirit is releasing, what the Holy Spirit is dropping into your spirit. What the Holy Spirit is releasing into your life. What the Holy Spirit is restoring in your heart, in your mind. That each and every one of you will, will catch this from the Holy Spirit. May my spirit conceive, Lord. May our spirits conceive. Some of you are getting a picture of what you're going to be doing in this season ahead. Some of you are getting a, a vision, a video. A video is playing in your head of what the Lord is going to birth out of your life right now. But that's just a seed. That's just a conception. Don't, don't think that that's it. That's enough. That's the end. That's just a seed that is being sown into your spirit right now. Mandarabo Kosiki Dirigi. 
And the Holy Spirit is asking you, are you willing to carry this seed? Are you willing to be faithful? Are you willing to bear the responsibility? Are you willing to pay the price? Are you willing to go the extra mile? Are you willing to carry this seed that I'm conceiving in your spirit this morning? The next line it says, Look, the virgin will conceive a child, and as a result, what will happen? She will she will give birth to a son. Let me let me say this. What you give birth to is always an overflow of what you are able to conceive. What you are going to produce this year is going to be a result of what you have conceived in your spirit. What you are going to reproduce, what you are going to produce, what you are going to... Uh, the, the areas that you are going to flourish are not going to be accidents. You know that nobody gives birth by accident, Right? It's a nine-month-long process of intentional, purposeful taking care of it. You will not become successful by accident. No, sorry. You will not, you will not become anointed by accident, by just coincidence that, oh, I just attended the right service on the right day. No, it's going to be a process. Whatever you conceive in this season, whatever you allow the Holy Spirit to push you to do, is what you will birth. There's no doubt about it. That's how it is in the natural and that is how it will be in the spiritual. So if you are constantly conceived with the things of the world, you are going to give birth to the things of the world. But if you are carrying dreams of the Holy Spirit in your spirit, I'm telling you, out of the overflow of what the Holy Spirit is doing in you, He will give birth. He will bring you to a place where he, you can deliver. And they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. See, so this, is, this is the perspective I want you to understand. God's presence with us or God's encounters with us is part of the process because the Holy Spirit comes, right? And it's also the destiny. It's also the destination. See, so often what happens with us is, we think, okay, God's presence, he encounters me so that I become more rich or more wealthy or, you know, whatever destiny, whatever dream you have about your future, right? You have your, you think that this is where God is taking us or this is where God wants me to be. And we think that that is my destiny. No. Yes, you may have child, you may bear child, all of that is that, you know, you will, you will be healed, you will be blessed, you will be rich, you will, all of that will happen. But that is not your destiny. Your destiny is to continue to reach a place where God is with us. It doesn't say, Mary, now that, now that you have the Holy Spirit who came inside you and conceived and gave birth, now, you know, your job is done. No. Your job is only beginning because your destiny is to be reached that place where God is with us. So hosting God's presence is the process and hosting God's presence is also the destination. It's not a means to a better end. 
Hosting God's presence is not what we are using as a formula to be healed, as a formula to, be, to receive a breakthrough, as a formula to be more anointed, as a formula to, to go places. No, it is the process and it is the destination. I hope that that gets deep into your spirit. Because God says, hey, you will carry a child with the Holy Spirit. And when you do actually give birth, that will be Emmanuel. God with us. God's presence with us. God's presence living with me for the rest of my days. That is what it is going to be all about. And the Bible says, when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. Next verse. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. Go back to the previous slide. It says he did certain things. In the next verse it says he did not do certain things. He had this revelation. He had this encounter with God. And as a result of it, what did he, what does the Bible say? He did certain things and he did not do certain things. That's, that's very, very important for us to realize that Yes, God's presence is there, but what are you going to do or what are you going to stop doing to continue to host that presence in this week ahead? I'm going to finish with that, but I'm going to leave this question with you. See, this is what God is wanting to do with us this week, but it is going to require work. It is not going to happen by chance. It's not going to happen just, just like that. God is asking you, are you willing to do some things? And are you willing to stop doing some things? I'm not going to dictate out for you saying, pray for three hours or, you know, read your Bible 10 chapters a day. I'm not going to give you the formula. I'll leave it up to you and to your revelation of who God is in your life. What are you willing to do and not do to host God during this week? Because hosting God is the process and hosting God is your destiny. Hosting God is why we are on this earth right now and for the rest of eternity in heaven we will be with him and we will be with God the Father, we will be with God the Holy Spirit, we will be with God the Son, Jesus. Amen? Amen. Hosting God is the process and hosting God is our destiny. Let's pray. Father, we pray for your presence to come and touch and invade our thought processes this morning. Whatever your dear children are dreaming about, whatever your dear children are understanding, whatever is our perspective this morning, Lord, I pray that you will come and reach out to us and touch us and fill us and help us to dream once again. Help us to think differently, Lord. Help us to have a different perspective all together in this season. Help us to rejoice because you are doing a new work in us. Help us to submit because we understand that the Holy Spirit is going to birth something special in us. Help us to receive what the Holy Spirit is speaking and releasing in our lives. And I pray for every one of your dear children, Lord, who are in different places of their journey of knowing you and, 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 and submitting to you. Those that are watching us online and those that are here physically, we pray and we bless them. 
and we release an abundance of your Holy Spirit. There is no distance, there is no time, there is no nothing that limits us to receive from you. There is no challenge that is too big for you, God. So right now, even as I stretch my hands towards them, I release the favor, the grace, the mercy of God to break through for them. We hope that this word was a personal blessing for you in whatever area of life you are in right now. If you are blessed and if you would like to connect with us, make sure to head on to dreamingrevival.com. You are also welcome to hop in for one of our Sunday services at 11am. It is streamed live on YouTube and it is also a physical service here in our church in Bangalore. So whenever you are around, we would love to have you as our guest. God bless you. We will catch up again next Sunday.